different philosophies about hosting the weekly list. My original intent with this show was always to play familiar songs and then tell you a story about why it was written or what was going on when it was recorded or just give you something that you might not have known about it. If I couldn't find anything anecdotal about it, I would at least tell you why I chose to play it and give you my personal take on that song. When Danny came along, he brought a different perspective. The library of music he holds in his head puts mine to shame, but he is eager to share the music he knows with anybody who will listen. And it makes sense, right? He is always looking for new music to hear, far more than I am. And he does not hold the biases and parameters on music that I do, mostly. He doesn't listen to people about what music is cool, or why some people don't like certain songs or bands. I am a music snob. He is not. 
So of course it makes sense that he knows more music than me, that he brings songs to the show that sometimes drive me crazy, and that he is incredibly proud of all of it. I think both viewpoints are totally legitimate, and I think that is the secret sauce that makes this show successful. Today is February 29th, 2024, Leap Day, a day that only comes along every four years. The fact that it falls on a Thursday just feels like kismet. Danny and I need to take advantage of this gift that we have been given. So tonight, we flip things around. We do the opposite. We assume the role the other person usually fills. I have a group of songs that I will almost guarantee you have never heard, and if you have, it was so long ago that you've forgotten about them. Danny is bringing you a group of songs that will be much more familiar to you. We have no other theme for tonight, no birthday or anniversary to celebrate. In fact, the music on tonight's show might be the most randomly selected for any show we have ever done. This is going to be fun. My name is Rich Larson. His name is Daniel G. Moyer. This is the Weekly List. Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1 KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of the Weekly List. Happy Leap Day, Danny. Happy Leap Day, Richard. I I don't know what else to say about Leap Day. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it only happens every four years. It's just a day. It's but it's I had a, I, the reason I thought of this is because I was thinking about leap year and and I had a teacher in elementary school, maybe second grade, third grade. I don't remember exactly, but uh, she tried to explain to us once that. Everything changes on leap year and everyone does the opposite. So boys, uh, instead of boy chasing, boys chasing girls, girls chase boys in, in leap year. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that works anymore or not, but I like the idea of you and me switching things around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, it, it's one of those things that's weird because I think about, um, people that are born on, on February 29th leap year, mm-hmm. we've got, there's people that are technically our age, but today are celebrating their 13th or 14th birthday. Right, exactly. And exactly. that that's that all, makes me giggle. By the way, that's a whole Gilbert and Sullivan uh, 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 show. That's that's Pirates of Penzance right there. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I, I just think that's, how hilarious is that? That's hilarious. I love it. You know? Yes. So I get a kick out of that. And, you know, we had to open with uh, Springsteen's Dancing in the Dark. Uh, before, we had to. Before, before we get into that, I, I need to ask you about going about selecting songs for this show, was it as hard for you as it was nor- as, as a normal show would be? It was impossible. <laughs> well, in, in some cases it was. I mean, the reason that I went with Bruce Springsteen at all is that you may remember it was exactly two leap years ago today. Oh, that's right. On February 29th, 2016, you and I were yeah. sitting... At the XL Energy Center, watching Springsteen on the River Tour. Yeah, playing. He, he they played, played the, the entire River, River album. Back. Yes, from front to back. And so, when I started thinking about Leap Year, I instantly think about Bruce Springsteen because that show was exquisite. That was such a fun show. That is maybe I, I, well, I've seen Bruce seven, eight times. That might mm-hmm. be the best Bruce show I've ever seen. That was fantastic. And at the end of it, our friend Jackie's mom went and danced on stage. That's right. During Dancing in the Dark. And do you know she passed away about a year later? 
Yes, I did yeah. know that. Yeah, yes. And, and so anyhow, I think about the joy that that woman, uh, I never met her, but nope. I knew Jackie yep. with the twins. Yep. And she spoke a lot about her mom mm -hmm. and the love that they had for Springsteen. That's right, because when, when she we passed were away, there at yeah. that show, and we said, "I think that's Jackie's mom, Dan." Yep. And it was wonderful. Yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, unavoidable. I had to go with Springsteen for that reason. Had to go with Dancing in the Dark for exactly that purpose and reason because it right. of all the songs, it's most tied to December or to February 29th for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that idea. Um, uh, okay, so that's why you played Dancing in the Dark. You got nothing else that's, on Dancing in the Dark. That's that's the primary reason. I love that it was probably his biggest pop hit. I think it didn't we talk about it once and it only got as high as number two? Uh, yeah, I did. We maybe play it on the number two show. We might have. Uh, no. the, the story, let me help you, by the way. With, the story behind Dancing in, <laughs> Dancing in the Dark is that uh, it was the last song that, that Springsteen wrote for uh, the uh, Born in the USA. Um, John Landau, um, they were working at, John Landau was his manager. Yeah. And said, um, you need one more song. You need to go home and write a hit. Yeah, and, you need a lead-off single, and, and that's he, what he was the like. I don't want. I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to write anymore. I'm, I'm tapped out. And no, you have to go home tonight and write one more song. And he got all grumpy and ticked off and went home and wrote a song about not wanting to write anything anymore. I'm just I'm just tired. I'm dancing in the dark here. Well, and it was the first single, and and I think Lando was right. Lando was right that you listen to Born in the USA. It's a good prime album, but you need a lead-off single, and the lead-off single sets the tone for pop radio. Well, I and Dancing I, in the Dark is the perfect. I would, single. I would actually submit to you that that. Um, I mean, I, I think it was Bruce's uh, original intent to to use Born in the USA as the lead-off single. Yeah, it, that might have been that. too much too soon. Yeah, like it would have been. I, it, it, Dancing in the Dark greased the skids for uh, uh, for Born in the USA. Yeah, because it and also it, it made Courtney Cox's career. Yeah, well, it did something that "Born in the USA" the song would not have done. Is "Dancing in the Dark" was an invitation to the pop kids, and the pop kids in '84 yep. were necessary. And I don't care whether you were Phil Collins, Dire Straits, Prince, Madonna, or Bruce Springsteen. You in, needed the pop kids in 1984. I was a pop kid. Yeah, and exactly. It, that was that so was, was that was the song that hooked me in. Like that was, there you go. I, I knew one other, uh, Bruce Springsteen song at that point. I knew, I knew hungry heart and mm -hmm. I didn't know it was Bruce Springsteen. Right. Right. So, yeah. So Landau was right. Cause yeah, the song oh, was totally right. Did that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's dancing in the dark. Bruce Springsteen yep. off the 1984 born in the USA album. A classic record. You go back and listen to it again sometime. A classic record. Okay. Um, well then let me, uh, let me tell you okay. ab about about Darden Smith. And uh, okay, so for the record, now I always pick obscure songs. I mean, we'll pick an artist that's going to be big, but I'll always pick the the album track or the B side or the obscure stuff. Um, I, I got to tell you, Rich, of the six songs that you picked, yeah, six of them or four of them, four of the six are out of print. Yeah, that. Yeah. So I any song that I have ever picked that obscure is obscure is not out of print. Yeah. You had to send me YouTube videos that yeah. only had like twelve thousand listeners. Yeah. 
people that have ever yeah. heard it. I'm like, yeah. I didn't know any of these songs. Well, part of this, part of this is by, by design because you are always accusing me of just, you know, just listening to the hits and, and, and not doing anything else, which is patently untrue. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't listen to the amount of music that you listen to, but the amount of listen to music that you listen to is inhuman. What you consume well, what? is no, what you consume is, is, I mean, it's it, to hold anyone else to that kind of standard is just ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. But I, mean, I, so far I, I have a great capacity for listening to music, better than average. You're weird. You're like a freak when it comes to this stuff. I, I just, I, okay. So anyway, I am fully capable of, of, of loving a song and that nobody has ever heard. And I wanted to show (laughs) you, Mr. Moyer, that I can play your little game. I, I see that, but I mean, in terms of trying to be Danny Moyer, you were the Danny Moyerist here. <laughs> <laughs> you have out Danny Moyered me. I've got stories behind all these songs too. Okay, well, let's start with Frankie and Sue. And that I, I just want to say, um, as deep as I go, I hadn't heard this song until I think it was yesterday when you sent it to me, and I thought this was really a fun song. I'm going to guess there could be a lot of other stuff, but I'm going to guess I picked your fun. I'm going to guess I picked at least three songs you'd never heard before. That's exactly true. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Where I am especially oh, I can't. This isn't even that song. This song I actually know because believe it or not, uh, it used to get played on the radio. No, really? In, in 1992, this song was on uh, uh, in the rotation of a, a radio station that's still called Cities 97, but is a very different radio station oh. today than it was in 1992. Yeah, when Cities was cool. I would submit to you that Cities 97 in the Twin Cities, 97.1 FM, back in the day was probably the last of the great freeform FM stations. Yeah, I yeah, it it was really great. I discovered that station in my freshman year. It was good. Did you hear that they just let go of Brian Oak? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I heard all about that. Doc That's it, that it's it's just stupid. Anyway, yeah. no, the first thing so I, any- first thing I said to Jeff was, "Hey, uh, uh, Brian Oak's unemployed. Should we hire him to do drive time here at KYMN?" Brian, if you want to come and do drive time at KYMN three days a week, you are more than welcome to do so, my brother. Anyway, I always liked him. Yeah, I, I did something with him at the Twins once. Did you? I think. Yeah, he's yeah. A nice, I met him. Yeah. I, 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 I met I, him or John I, Hines as well. Uh, John Hines is a super nice guy. Anyway, we yeah. digress as usual. Um, so this song used to uh, used to be on uh, Cities ninety seven, and I have to tell you that this song uh, in nineteen ninety two, this is going to mean nothing to our listeners most. Like 98% of our listeners, right? But you'll get this. In 1992, long before they were a couple, this song made me think of our friends Patrick and Sarah. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, this is not even the first time I've played this song on the weekly list. Really? I played it on a much earlier show. I don't remember exactly why, but I know I did because I, I sort of talked about this before. Um, we had, we had a couple of, Patrick, Patrick Drury, who has been on the show and did, uh, did our two print shows with us. Yeah. Um, when we were in college, <laughs> I, this is, this story is way too long to tell on this show. 
Um, look, we all just kind of knew that Patrick and Sarah belonged together, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, Pat couldn't quite figure that out. Sarah was would have been <laughs> all in, but but Pat just never really put it all together, and he dated some truly bad people. <clears throat> anyway, um, so after college, Sarah literally went to China for like she was in Taiwan and China for like three or four years, right? And she finally came back to the states, and uh, uh, then they became a couple. It was a whole thing. But hang on, yeah. So, oh yeah, I, I just sneezed. I'm sorry. So, um, anyway, so but but even back then, like '92, I'm thinking I that I'd, I'd hear this song and I'd think about Pat and Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It, anyway, so I, I great song. It just. I, I gotta admit, I didn't know it. Catchy little fun it's, song. It's, I like the Darden. Job. Now Darden Smith is a guy who has had uh, uh, some pretty decent success as a songwriter. Uh, he's he's a guy uh, from Austin, Texas, who um, um, is. A, I mean, you know, he 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 hasn't he hasn't written. Like, no one's covered one of his songs and made it a huge hit, and no one is. But like, he's on that Marshall Crenshaw level. Right. Okay. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Um, He's awesome. I yeah, love Mark. I know you do. Somebody. I know you do. And I think right now, Darden Smith is the songwriter in residence at the University of Texas. Not a hundred percent sure, but maybe anyway. So, he's, okay. He's gotta great. Ask you, he's fantastic. Would you say that Frankie and Sue is like a common song in his catalog or is it a rarity? No, it's a rarity. <laughs> Because okay, it's, so it's off of an you, album called Trouble No More that um, uh, was released and was considered to be a, a, a commercial failure and is no longer in print. Okay, so that's why you but had, yeah. you can go to Bandcamp and download the entire album. You can download the song for a buck. You can okay. listen to it for free. You want to download it, you can download it for a buck. Okay, so in other words, you went from an obscure song from this guy's catalog instead of his biggest hit from an obscure artist. I don't. He doesn't have a biggest hit. In my mind, this is his right. biggest hit because this is the song I know of his best. Okay, because I'm just trying to frame all of your obscurities. I know. Here. I, know <laughs> I know. I know. I'm I, trying to tag you on. I, well, that was like, their biggest, most successful song from the, an obscure the, band. The, the, the people I picked. I mean, well, that guy everyone's heard about. Okay, no one's. Well, some people have heard of that guy. Most people have heard of that guy. Nobody, nobody has heard of them. Okay, yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah, heard of them, no. and I know who you're talking about yeah, now. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so, okay, so from 1992, uh, this is Darden Smith from the Trouble No More album. This is Frankie and Sue. You're listening to The Weekly List on 95.1 KYMN. Frankie went to China looking for a girl. Frankie didn't mind taking the time to travel up and way around the world. Frankie had to find her, even if it meant China. So Frankie went to China, looking for a girl, looking for a girl. Now Susie went to China, oh, broke Frankie's heart. She didn't realize Frankie couldn't stand to be apart. Frankie 
left Susie went to China Oh, broke Frankie's heart
silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo Figaro. Oh, I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family, sparing his life from this monstrosity. Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. From 1975 and the A Night at the Opera uh, album. By the way, I didn't have to look any of that up. I just knew that off the top of my head because <laughs> that's Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Okay, you're you're like, okay, you're accusing me of like doing the Danny Moyerist stuff ever and just going out and finding the I most. I just did the Richie right? Riches. Well, Richie Laura, Rich or- our friend Laura Myers loves to give us crap about the fact that we will never play the biggest hit from any right that we and you went out and you like grabbed one of the five biggest hits of all time <laughs> and easily the biggest hit of your favorite band queen <laughs> well i will argue this i will tell i will say this arguably if if that was the first time you heard queen's bohemian rhapsody Welcome to Earth. Thanks for stopping in. Exactly. Here exactly 24 hours, and it's about time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an unescapable song. But and I remember when Night at the Opera came out, and Night at the Opera is about as flawless as a record as you could possibly have. Um, 
it's a beautiful thing from start to finish and there's there's more than just bohemian rhapsody on there um God, I, I don't even know oh, where please to begin don't, with it. Let's, let's please, please, I'm not going please to. I'm going to focus discuss, on Bohemian I am in Rhapsody. love with my car. Please, I don't want no, to have that okay. conversation with you tonight. No, I was going to go with uh, My Best Friend. That was also a pretty sizable oh, that, hit. Yeah, no, that was a big hit. Um, but the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody, I will say that Bohemian Rhapsody now, today, is a bigger hit than it ever was when Freddie Mercury was alive. And it was considered startling at the time. Yeah, absolutely, it was. It was. And it, a, it, it was. was a, it was when when people first heard it. It was like unlike anything anyone had ever heard before. I oh, mean, drop, yeah. Drop, I know. I mean, it, the movie that you hate that I actually really like the uh, the Freddie Mercury movie. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is what it's called. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, there's that there's that scene where they're talking with the uh, the record execs. And and Freddie Mercury just says to him, "Okay, and here's where we drop in the opera section," and the guy yeah. looks at him like he's got three eyes. Yeah. The thing that I love about that is the executive who has that response is Mike Myers, Mike Myers. played by Mike Myers. And where this song really got its new life was around the time Freddie Mercury died. Mike Myers uh, played Wayne Campbell in Wayne's World. Yep. And this song was integral. To that yes what i really got what makes me laugh very hard about this is okay so wayne's world the movie reintroduced queen's bohemian rhapsody and there's a scene where wayne campbell is in a record store or is in a music shop and he picks up a guitar and he starts playing stairway to heaven yep and the guy points on the wall <laughs> and says no stairway and I will say there's a sign on the wall that says no stairway. It says no stairway to heaven. And at the time, people my age, you go into a record or into a guitar shop, everybody played that intro. Now the thing is, we're 30 (laughs) some odd years later, and I don't hear stairway anymore, but I hear Bohemian Rhapsody all the time. And it's become the new don't play bow rap, (laughs) you know, kind of song. I'm in the gym, Rich, at 4:30 in the morning. And I hear Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm the only one there. I go to a grocery store. I I freaking heard it in Cub Foods. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And when it when you hear Bohemian Rhapsody in Cub Foods in a gym at four in the morning, um, yeah, that's a bit much. It has become Stairway to Heaven. It kind of has. And and yeah. and the thing is that Stairway to Heaven has sort of been shoved aside and and like put, thrown in the dustbin a little bit like like I still love Stairway to Heaven because I oh, a, I love that guitar solo so much um but I I don't go out of my way to listen to Stairway I frankly I don't really go out of my way to listen to Bohemian Rhapsody anymore either because I don't have to I just like I know it's going to pop up in the next like 48 right. hours I'm going to hear it that and that's that's the thing and I think there's there's kind of like this weird thing among you know how if you know too much information, you became become dangerous. Yep, and it's it's like where a lot of the people that claim to really love Zeppelin, it's it's kind of cool to rip on Stairway yeah, and go, yeah, I'm really a cashmere guy. You know, yeah. You know and what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something that's gonna come as just straight up sacrilege. Uh, we did a show. I can't remember what the show was. We did a show last year though, right? And I had originally selected Cashmere to be 
on the show, right? And after listening to Cashmere like six or seven times, Cashmere's got great moments to it, but yeah. I'm not the biggest Cashmere guy. You know, and neither am I. I mean, first of all, I love it, and it, it's it's essential to physical graffiti. Well, I, well, and and Robert Plant and Jimmy Page at one point would have told you that Cashmere was the like the essential Led Zeppelin song. I yeah. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, we're we're slitting the whole Queen Bohemian Rhapsody slide by because <laughs> right. it Bohemian Rhapsody. If there's so many things about it that are so common yes. that yes. we yeah. we're dissing it in the middle but of the I, show. I, by not I, talking I would about I would actually argue though that Bohemian Rhapsody might be on that same trajectory as as uh, Stairway to Heaven was in that there's a saturation point you hit yeah. with a song right and. Uh, I might hit that saturation point a lot sooner than some people, but not nowhere near as soon as other people. But oh, there yeah. are, I like I, for me, you know, um, I, I, I think Bohemian Rhapsody is sort of headed in that direction. The thing about Bohemian Rhapsody to get back to it. I mean, I love the notion that when they were recording the opera section, they had gotten to the point where they overdubbed so much that the tape started to become transparent. Right, right. This is this is the two inch thick master tapes, which is that's a lot. Uh, that's a heavy tape to go that many times in overdubs and bouncing back tracks. Well, um, we are lucky to have Bohemian Rhapsody as a piece of work that's yeah, out there for yeah. us all to enjoy. That I will say that if. If uh, after humanity is, leaves the level of and we become extinct and future civilizations discover the music, I hope that Bohemian Rhapsody remains as something of Western humanity's uh, achievement because it is extraordinary. It is. And, and I do take it with that level of respect. I want to give props to Roger Taylor. Um, who hits that high note at the end of the operatic section? Yeah, um, that's an inhuman note. Like yeah. no, no. Even in your mid twenties, uh, little British man rock star should be able. You have to. You almost have to be a trained opera singer to be able to hit a note like that. And yeah, he, and he did it. It's like a soprano hitting a falsetto. Exactly. <laughs> well, it, it was. I mean, it was. It's crazy how what. It, anyway, so that's it. That's uh, that's take on me. All right. So moving along with Danny's hit parade. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that I really one of my all time favorite bands is the Norwegian group Aha. Mm -hmm. Love this band, and I've loved them ever since this next song. I first heard it, and I like everybody else. First heard this song when it was with the video it was yes. associated yes. with the video the video I was the i mean the, the video was mind-blowing when it when it uh first appeared on mtv in may of 1985 yeah and we're talking about aha's take on me yes um i love aha and i uh we're gonna do an aha show uh this summer <laughs> you're gonna do an aha show okay. i'm just gonna sit okay. there and push buttons <laughs> there's there's no me and we is that what you're right, saying exactly but um, one of the things about AHA, I think when we when I do that, I'm not going to play Take On Me, so I'm playing it now. Um, Take On Me is 
I think that everybody thinks that AHA is a one-hit wonder, and they're not. Um, this song was obviously a big breakthrough for them, and it went through a lot of different incarnations. When it first was released as a single in 1984, it only sold 300 copies. And they wound up doing some re-recording of it, and I've, I've actually got uh, a lot of those demo versions with me. Um, they had a super deluxe that I couldn't avoid buying. <laughs> so, But... It wasn't until they decided to do the video, which is a combination of live action and drawing, kind of almost cartoon with pencil, that it really took off. And the video itself reportedly cost $400,000 to put together, and it took about three or four months for them to do it. And at the time, 1985, that's an extraordinary amount of money to spend on a video. Especially for a band that had never had a hit. Not yet. Well, they had had minor European and take take on me nope. kind of a little bit, but nope. not really. They had, there were three or four different versions that tried to chart. Right. And they and didn't. Was, none of them charted. Yeah. Well, none the first version caught, sold 300 copies. Yeah, exactly. So a tremendous risk for Warner Brothers to make in investing yeah. in this. And it paid off. Yes, it did. It paid off because the video was inescapable and Morton Harkett's vocal on it the yes. you know we're, we're talking on, on the high range of roger right. taylor he's up there as well yes. um and it's his voice is a thing of beauty and even all of these years later he could still do it that's amazing and that's amazing it's incredible right. he was he was on the masked singer um over in the uk was he really and, yeah and it's the only time in the masked singer where they've had the actual artist do their own song oh, and no nobody kidding. guessed it was him. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. That's it, awesome. it, watch it on YouTube. It's a riot. Okay. All right. So anyhow, um, this was the lead off track on the album hunting high and low, which came out in 1985. Um, some people will think this is their only hit. Uh, it was not, it wasn't their only hit in America. Um, the sun always shines on TV was a, I think it like, top 30 song maybe um that followed and it did not have the life that this one did in this country um but this is aha with their first giant breakthrough single and if you haven't heard this song before you're obviously not going to walmart or to target because you'll hear it there too Be before before i let you introduce this song right i i just want to sort of posit this rhetorical question i don't want to get into the debate tonight Right? Okay. All right. Just a rhetorical question. Something to ponder. If a band isn't a one-hit wonder, but they are only remembered for one song, and they are considered by the general public to be a one-hit wonder, are they a one-hit wonder? From 1985, no. this is no. Aha with Take On Me. And you're listening to Danny Moyer's weekly list <laughs> On 95.1 KYMN. <laughs>
now And cherry bottles in a bus stop Lit up and remind me of you somehow You look so young, it's frightening Life's been good to you Strike me down with boats out of lightning If I wasn't good to you too
from 1989 and the Waking Hours album. That was a band from Scotland uh, that Danny Moyer didn't even realize was a Scottish band called Delamitri. Uh, yeah, I with, forgot about that. With with a song called Hatful of Rain. I love that song. I love that whole album. That's probably an album I don't think you've ever heard. I don't at least I could be I I could be I'm making that assumption. I could be wrong. Yeah. I, no, I think you're right. I mean, and this is where I'm going to really delve into the Rich Larson thing. Um, uh, you know, it's a nice song. It's not great. It's it's a nice song. It's it's pleasant, but you know, it's it's no what does it roll to me? That's a good song. That's a, I really like that. <laughs> You're cute. Uh, it is February 29th, and You're I'm cute. being the rich in that, the that, room. That's cute. So. I, I, <laughs> first of all, the Waking Hours album uh, was a, was an album that came out when I was uh, when I was in college. You were in college too. I, you were about to graduate, actually. Uh, yeah, I had moved on to more adult things. Oh. Okay, I'm. Hold on. <laughs> and then and then I zoomed right past you after that, <laughs> <laughs> and left you so far that you're still right where you were. A- anyway, I, I uh, um, hence my comment. My dear friend Alan Kleckner, do you remember Al? Yes, Alan, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. I was visiting him. He was going to the school at the U at the time, and and uh, I was visiting him, and he said, "Hey, by the way, the new Delamitri album is really good." And I was like, "Who the hell's Delamitri? I've never." And he's like, "Oh, listen to this," and and I, I, he played me the album, and I, like, on my way home, stopped and bought a copy. I, I it's an album I've known for thirty five, thirty six years, and at least every six months I pull that album out. It's just, it's, it's, and it's also one of those, Al and I have maybe had two or three conversations about that album since then. I have mm-hmm. never really shared this album with anybody else. Uh, I tried to get my wife to like it and it just didn't really take, uh, I, it's mine. It's my album. Yeah. Like, and I just, I, th- there's so many, gr- there's only one bad song on the entire album. And well, now the funny thing is I tried to go find some kind of story about Hatful of Rain, right? There's nothing about Hatful of Rain. Delamitri um, put out a, uh, a greatest hits album. Yes. And, and it's called Hatful of Rain. If you Google Hatful of Rain, that's the only thing that comes up is that album there. And by the way, the song Hatful of rain is not on the greatest hits album. Exactly. Then that was how I started looking for it. Cause you didn't send a playlist this week. So I, I went looking for it. And Actually I did. If you would check your email, you would see that I sent you a playlist. Uh, well, no, but not all the songs in it. Like you, yes, you generally I sent you this. Well, yeah, yeah. You sent me that, but Oh no, you're, you're right. You're, I, no, I couldn't send you your. I couldn't send you the training wheels. The Apple. The Apple. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Playlist because I mean. too many, too many obscure songs that are not streaming. So. Exactly. <laughs> so I had to look it up, and at first I'm like, oh, cool. Well, I'll listen to the whole greatest hits, and then I'm looking through it. And I went, the the freaking song's not even on it. It's, it's not, called it's Hatful of there. Rain, yeah. Delamitri's Greatest Hits, and it's not even on. And I'm like, wow, you went deep into the obscurity pool. No, I, I but just, I, I've loved that song forever. But you know the thing is, uh, and I was giving you some grief about it when we when we first talked about the song. But I have a lot of respect for having that album that is intrinsically yours, mm-hmm. and not wanting to share um, it with a, a whole lot of people. And we all have those records, and I've got some that are very very precious to me yep. that yep. I don't play for a whole lot of people. 
Um, the first one that's coming to my mind is Brian Setzer's "The Knife Feels Like Justice," which that's a great. I song. I love that record, but I think and I, I could give you. I think I could tell you two songs on that album. Yeah, yeah, man. I I could give you the track listing from the front to the I'm back. I'm sure you could. I'm sure. You and could. I, yeah. but I love it. And yeah. you know, we all have those, and they become special. And it it's not even about is the music great or not. It right. becomes about the personal connection that exactly. we draw with with the music and exactly. that that transcends into a spiritual thing so I, I in all seriousness I'm not ripping on you for um, this or the song I, I, I'm i trying to be the Rich Larson in the room yeah here. you know you're, you're trying to be the jerk I get it I totally understand <laughs> yeah all right. all right. Well, you know, that's my role tonight. Exactly. Just yell at me as much as you possibly can. That's right. <laughs> okay. So next up, um, when I sent you my, uh, my list of songs that I was going to use, you called me and you're like, dude, friend of the devil is not an obscure song. And I'm like, this is not news to me, Danny. Thank you very much for that. Well, I know, but you know, I I'm not a big Grateful Dead fan. I'm like, yeah, I know that. Can, can we talk about you and the Grateful Dead for a moment? Sure, go ahead. What's your favorite Grateful Dead song? Actually, Terrapin Station. Exactly. If Terrapin Station is your favorite favorite Grateful Dead song, you are one of two people. You are okay. either the world's biggest deadhead who has listened to everything a thousand times and went to a show in 1982 at, at in, in, in outside of Portland, Oregon, where they played <laughs> Terrapin Station and you had such a cool LSD-laced experience that, that it changed your life. And that's how Terrapin Station became, uh, became your favorite song. So that's one way. That's, okay. one, that's one of the two. Other, or the other one is you've never really heard much Grateful Dead and someone played the Terrapin Station and said, oh, I like that song. So now that became your favorite song. There, That's well, you, Danny. That's you. Well, there was a there was a six CD set of all live stuff. And I, I, I want to say it was, I forget what the name of it was. Honey, uh, was honey, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. It, it, the Grateful Dead, it's all about the live stuff. So there, there's, oh, yeah. there are six CDs. There's 12, like there, you could go out and buy a box of their entire 1973 European tour. Oh yeah. But I mean, it, it was something <laughs> like so many roads, I think was, but there was a live version of Terrapin station on it. And I've got that box set someplace. And for some reason it was, it, I will give you that it was this 20 minute version and it was live and it was transcendent. And there was just something <clears throat> about it that really hit me. And I do like the song "Friend of uh, Friend of the Devil," but this version that you found, yeah, by Lyle Lovett, I actually this was probably probably my favorite version of the song that I've ever heard. This is the best version of, of "Friend of the Devil" that I've ever heard. This was okay. on the uh, the nineteen ninety uh, dedicated tribute album, which, for reasons that pass understanding, is totally out of print and you can't find it anywhere. There are so many great. Uh, Great covers uh, of dead songs. Los Lobos doing Bertha on that album. Um, oh, uh, Bruce Hornsby doing Jack Straw. Great stuff. But this is the highlight. This song. Um, this this was a great recording. Lyle Lovett takes this song and finds the darkness uh, in it. You know, when 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 the Grateful Dead recorded, Jerry Garcia was especially back then kind of just sort of the, you know, a happy go lucky kind of guy. And, 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 uh, he, it's, it's a, when the dead recorded, it, it's sort of a buoyant song, right. And it's sort of, 
you know, kind of, the guy's kind of proud that he's, he, you can't catch me and all, you know, I got a wife in Chino. I got another one. T- you know, okay, whatever. Hey, look at me. Right. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Lovett turns that around. Yeah. And the song, well, I know the song becomes a confession. I know that you picked this because it mentions Anne Marie. Um, there's a reason I call my wife Anne Marie. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, yes, that, that, that's by the way, I, that's exactly where it comes from. Yeah. Exactly where it comes from. But, um, and then, and then you've got the, the, the people backing him up on this, uh, on this song are, it's Russ Kunkel on drums, um, Lee Sklar on bass, um, Billy Payne from Little Feet is on piano and okay. the other guy playing guitar is Dean Parks. Oh, wow. Now, now you're talking my language because he's a serious heavy guy. Yes, he is. And by the way, Dean Parks, uh, this was the, this was the start of a relationship with Lyle Lovett. Dean Parks has played on every single Lyle Lovett album since this and has actually toured with, uh, with Lyle a couple of times. Wow. Um, yeah. And, all those and, guys and that you mentioned are studio cats the, that the, are the, the, the guitar break in this starts off with, uh, Lyle playing an acoustic and then Dean Parks comes in with this electric. That's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's just gorgeous. Wow. All right. So from 1990, uh, this is Lyle Lovett doing the Grateful Dead's friend of the devil off the, uh, the dedicated tribute album. And you're listening to 95.1 KYMN, the one. Pilot out from Reno, I was trailed by 20 hounds. I didn't get to sleep that night till the morning came around. I said I'd run him, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. If I get home before daylight, I just might get some sleep tonight. I ran into the devil and he loaned me twenty bills. I spent the night in Utah in a cave up in the hills. I set out running, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. If I get home before daylight, I just might get some sleep tonight. I ran down to the levee, but the devil called me there. He took my $20 bill and it vanished in the I said I'd run him, but I'd take my time A friend of the devil is a friend of mine If I get home before daylight I just might get some sleep tonight I got two reasons why I cry away each lonely night The first one's named Sweet Anne Marie She's my heart's delight Second one is prison bait, the sheriff's on my trail And if he catches up with me, I'll spend my life in jail I got a wife in Chino and one in Cherokee The first one says she's got my child, but it don't look like me 
I set out running, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. If I get home before daylight, I just might get some sleep
that you let me do Knowing that I'll never never be enough for you I can't save you anything I've come to believe But at least while you sleep From 1996, uh, and uh, the soundtrack from a movie called Feeling Minnesota. That was a man named Joe Henry with a song called Safe With Me. Daniel G. Moyer, your thoughts? Um, You know, the, the way that I listen to music, Rich, is I hear the whole thing, and then I... You know, and. Then I start focusing on the little musical parts that kind of catch my ear. And then it's going to probably be about the fourth or fifth time that I get to the lyrics. And I know that you were saying that this one has got great lyrics. I'll be honest, this one really didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, the second time through, I didn't really find a whole lot of the musical hooks and bits and pieces that maybe you did um, that led me towards further. And, and here, here's the thing that as much as I'm trying to be the rich Larson here, and and be more the populist guy. The, the thing is, one of the differences between you and I is that we both have really big blind spots. And where your blind spot is really kind of uh, techno Euro EDM stuff, my admitted blind spot is Americana. It really is. And so just as Europop isn't going to do a whole lot for you, um, Americana doesn't do a whole lot for me. And so this one, I kind of... Look, I know that this is Madonna's brother-in-law, and so that's going to be how the pop thing hits. It's just that's really about it. It just it was, okay. I'm glad you like it. It you know does nothing for me. How are we still friends? 
<laughs> I don't know. This is, you know, because I, I seriously will trash so much music you listen to and just say, it's just, it's just crap. It's stuff for, right. that was grown in a lab. Right. And, and, and then you come back at me with how, like you will trash all of my America, which is like the foundation of the stuff I listen to these days. Right. Oh, I know. And, and, and I, it, it speaks to the the deep deepness of our friendship that 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 we, yeah. uh, we, we I mean, there are very few concerts that we could even go to together anymore because <laughs> well, hey, you know, I by the way by the way Tedeschi Trucks just announced that they are uh, they're coming uh first weekend of August and uh I've already got uh hotel reservations in the in, in <laughs> Minneapolis Good for, uh, well you know we talked about it last time I saw Air Supply I will tell you this Air Supply freaking rock they had this um the band, the people that played guitar and stuff were all younger than Graham Russell or Russell Hitchcock. And I they would had hope so. They had this guy that made their music director was maybe in his late twenties. It was this African-American guy with a Mohawk that could shred. And I'm sitting there as a guitar player, just in awe. He was badass. Okay. So, you're, you're stepping on my song. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm done. I just, you know, it, this is there, there, no... there folks is Danny Moyer's tangent right there for, 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 there for this segment. All right. So that it's, was Joe Henry fun. and a song called safe with me. I heard that song, uh, for the first time when I, I didn't even, I don't even remember it during the movie feeling Minnesota. Have you ever seen the movie feeling Minnesota? No, I haven't. Uh, it's not a great movie. Keanu Reeves, Cameron Diaz, Vincent D'Onofrio, Courtney Love's got a cameo sort of in it a little bit. Um, not a great movie, right? Um, but the the uh, the soundtrack album had a Sunvolt song that was unreleased anywhere else called Looking Through the World, uh, Looking at the World Through the, Through a Windshield. And so I bought the album because I wanted to hear that song, right? Mm-hmm. And then this Joe Henry song is on there. This was 1996. I was 27 years old. I was spending an ungodly amount of time away from home because I was a traveling salesman. Uh, and I was feeling incredibly insecure about my marriage to begin with at that point. And, and it was, it was terrible. My wife was, was, uh, at that point she was a stay at home mom. Uh, yeah. we had one kid and one on the way in 1996. And I, I hated everything about my, everything about my life at that point, except for the fact that I was married to the love of my life and the woman of my dreams. And I knew, I knew, I knew I was never going to be enough for her. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Cause it's not like, it's not like she was, you know, doing anything. She was always very supportive. And I just, I just hated being away from home and I hated being gone and leaving that, that, that burden of, of, um, you know, parenthood, um, on her that, that whole time. And it was, it wasn't the kind of husband that I wanted to be to her in 1996. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't living up to my own standards, and, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm still not convinced that I am, but I mean, that's, it was, you know, stuff that I, I, cre- I created in, in my head and, and I, I, I couldn't even, 
um, explain to her sometimes what I just, I, you know what, I was about as depressed <laughs> at, at that moment at that period of time as I've probably ever been in my entire life. Yeah. And, and wow, that's, that's a really vulnerable thing to and, say. And when you are spending hours and hours alone in your car, thinking about these things, man, it does, it does real damage to your, to your psyche. Right. Yeah, it does. That was a song that I could grab onto and, um, because it, because it actually says the word out words out loud, I'll never be the one for you. Right. Or be enough for you or whatever it is. Um, be enough for you. Um, it sort of pulls you out of where you are because it, I, I don't, it, it, I don't, I don't know because you, you hear the words out loud and that doesn't completely ring true when you say the words out loud. I mean, when you're, when you're sitting, yeah. you know, you're on a, on, on I 90 in at 10 30 at night outside of Worthington. Um, it's yeah. a, it's a whole different conversation, right? Yeah. Anyway. So there's that. I love that song for that. I also love that song. Oh, I'm a sucker for um, a really good guitar playout, and there's mm-hmm. a steel guitar at the end of that song that is just, to me, it's just gorgeous. It's not your thing at all, but I think it's just absolutely beautiful. So, well, and, and the thing, Rich, I'm going to say, in all honesty, I first of all that that was incredible what you just said. It really, really was, and I. At the time, and uh, people don't know this a whole lot, 96 is when I and my now ex-wife moved back to the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and we lived just about a mile or two south of you, yeah, yeah. almost on the same road, because you were up in Plymouth and we were in Crystal in an apartment. And so we weren't that far apart geographically. Right, right. And I do remember you being gone a lot. I was gone um, all the time. Because yeah. there, were, there were a couple times I remember coming up and – you know, hey, I'm gonna drop you in on Rich, and like, nope, he's in Iowa or someplace yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, tell when he gets home, and, you know, yeah. tell him I'm, you know, love to hang out or something like that. And you know, so I, anyhow, I'm cutting to the chase on this. What you just said there, that was probably one of the most emotionally vulnerable things that you've ever <laughs> talked about music on this show, and. Rich, I'll be honest with you. That's enough to make me want to hear the song again, and it's, so I appreciate well, that because I love you, man. And well, that was a, that was a very real moment on this show. So thanks. All right. Well, there it is. Safe with me by Joe Henry. Hey, guess what? What? We have a new sponsor on the weekly. Really? List. Yes. I thought do. that you were teasing me last week. No, we do. We uh, Verbena Vinyl, which is a brand Excellent. new record store in uh, downtown Northfield. Uh, they uh, they have decided to sign on and and with the blessings by the way of Eminem Brewing. Oh, uh, that's fantastic! They are now co-sponsoring the weekly list. Now, um, you've never been to Verbena Vinyl. No, but I need to get there. A- you've been telling me about it, and I have, and it's brand new, isn't it? How, brand, what, how long? Has it been open? Brand brand new. I think I I don't even think uh, she's been open a month. Right. Okay. Um. I I just sort of walked into a, uh, I, I, Vicki Scott is the name of the owner and I've known Vicki for a while because she used to write, um, when I was right at the tail end of my time running, uh, Southern Men's Scene, uh, she, she, uh, wrote some stuff for us 
And um, so I walked into uh, the store and there she is. And she looked at me and said, I wondered how long it would take you to get here. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, is this yours? Is this your place? So and we started talking and now she uh, she's a sponsor of, of the that Weekly List. That is fantastic. Uh, so we're, she's going to appear on the show on a weekly basis. She's going to uh, come in and tell us what's going on with her uh, uh, with her store. Most weeks, um, it's going to be a recorded thing, but I hope uh, I hope at some point um, it, it's a live thing so I can put you and Vicky in the same room together. You know, and you and I talk about this a lot. One of the things, I mean, what was it? Four of the six songs that you picked tonight are out of print, mm-hmm. and that is just incredibly distressing to me because we talk um, off air about how the tangible reality of music is vanishing um, where there's just some vinyl and some stuff that you just can't find anymore. And whether it's the disappearing of now it's disappearing compact discs and I've heavily invested. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. But, but there's a lot of stuff that I keep out in the search for. And I have, in the past four years, I bought a brand new turntable and I got a decent one and I've been back to collecting and getting excited about vinyl again. And so, you know, it, Verbena Vinyl is like, that sounds like a place that I need to go to because there's a lot of used records that I'm looking for. Yep. Um, yep. And there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm assuming that they're going to also carry new releases too. She, she, she will. Absolutely. Uh, she they is. do special order. Uh, I, I don't know that we're actually going to talk about that next week, um, because she is, she is, uh, selling records online. So, um, Verbena Vinyl, V-E-R-B-E-N-A, Verbena like the flower, VerbenaVinyl.com. Here, I'm just going to play, uh, the recorded spot and then, uh, then we'll go. Okay. I'm so psyched about this. We needed to have a record store. Me too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am just pleased as heck to, uh, introduce you to our newest sponsor, uh, Ms. Vicki Scott of Verbena Vinyl. Hello, Rich. How you doing? Good, Vicki. How you doing? Uh, I am having a fantastic year so far, so I'm... Uh, I opened a new store. You opened a new store, and and it's a store that uh, that Northfield has literally... I, I swear, I feel like we've been clamoring for this store for a couple years at least. Tell us about Verbena Vinyl. So Verbena Vinyl is exactly what it sounds like. It is a record store. I sell new, used, and vintage records, and I'm trying to branch out into other things. I'll sell like cleaning cloths and and stuff to take care of your records, so some record care stuff as well. Um, I I got to wander into your store a couple of weeks ago, and... uh... And you are still, it, it does feel like you're still in the, uh, the, the, the beginning stages of this thing. Uh, you showed me a little bit about what you're going, what, uh, what you've got going on. You're, you're thinking you're going to put in a, a listening space or a listening booth, aren't you? Absolutely. So that space is humongous. And right now it feels extremely small and very cramped because I have so many records in such a small footprint, but listening rooms used to be a huge part of mm-hmm. records experience. So Either I need to have a few turntables with headphones that you can just pop a record on and listen to it and make sure it's in good condition, or you would be able to go back, sit in a comfy chair, and just hang out. 
just, I'm making noise, making faces at this because I'm so happy about this <laughs> because I really have missed the experience of going to a record store mm-hmm. and just flipping through things and, and thinking, God, you know what happens to me every time I've, I ever walked into a record store is that uh, I would go in there looking for a specific thing and as soon as I walked in the door, my eyes would glaze over and I'd forget <laughs> completely what I was there for to begin with and then you just start browsing and this is what you're bringing to Northfield. Yeah, the the browsing is where it's at because you you do want to have your like records that you're searching for, the your holy grails, because then that's the reason that brings you in the store. But you also just want to have an open mind when you go into a record store and just go in there and be like, oh, I haven't seen this album in years. One of my favorite movies is um, a movie called Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. And there's a great line in there. Uh, Kate Hudson, who plays one of the... Uh, the uh, for lack of a better word, groupies, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, she, she's talking about her lifestyle, and, and she's, she said, you know what? If you ever get lonely, you just go to the record store and visit your friends. Yep. And that's how I've always felt about it, too. You just, if it, you, you ever feel bad, go to a record store. For music geeks like us, mm-hmm. it's 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 like pure oxygen, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, even if you don't buy anything, although, folks, you're going to want to buy something, Ed, for being a vinyl. No question about that. Just to be amongst the music and, and to other music people. And, and there might be something playing that you've never heard before. Ah, That's how Vicky, you build community. It is indeed. Thank you so much for doing this and bringing it back. Uh, before I get, get to the, the details, your hours are, are sort of built around the PWHL right now. Yes, if you don't know, um, they started a professional women's hockey league. So I have season tickets, which is why on my window, I have their schedule with my altered hours to go around professional women's hockey. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was one of the things that was wonderful about owning my own store is I can just um, change the hours. The hours normally are Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. There are just a few days where I'll be closed on a random Wednesday or I'll close early on a random Friday just so that I can mm-hmm. get up to the cities and see the girls play. There's there's no record store in the world that isn't made better by little quirks like this every <laughs> now and then. I just think that's fantastic. Okay, so Wednesday through Sunday, is that what you said? 11 to 7 p.m.? Yep. 419 Division Street, uh, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Do you have a website? Yes. Verbenavinyl.com, and I'm Verbenavinyl on every social media platform. So you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. All right. Vicki Scott, <laughs> Verbena Vinyl, 419 Division Street, Northfield, Minnesota, Wednesday to Sunday, 11 to 7 p.m., Verbenavinyl.com. Welcome to the weekly list, Vicki. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Time now for the weekly list haiku corner. Brought to you by Imminent Brewing, a truly poetic brewery. Here is your host, Haiku Rich. So, uh, uh, with Haiku Corner now and, you know, brought to you by Eminent Brewing, we might have to make some changes and, and uh, to make sure that people know that uh, Haiku Corner is brought to you by Eminent Brewing and uh, for being a vinyl. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's going to be a new thing. Yeah, it is. So we'll, we'll figure that's it out. That's so cool, though. We've got to make some adjustments, but boy, am I just thrilled. I, I'm so happy for Vicky. 
I'm so happy for Northfield. I'm so happy for me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here we go. Okay. I didn't really. I haven't really given you any kind of crap about the uh, uh, of, 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 about the songs that you picked tonight. Um, well, because they're obvious big hits, man. Well, right. But I, 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 I was. I was. But I, I. There's just. There's no predicting what you're gonna do. There's no absolutely no predicting where you're gonna go. These all of these songs were surprises to me, except for maybe one that we'll get to at the towards the end of the show. Okay. Really? Yeah, right. oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So here we go. I should have figured even Dan's hit songs make me scratch my head. Oh come on, man! <laughs> You're gonna have to back that one up. I'm. <laughs> I can do this though. I know songs that you do not. Here's all six of them. <laughs> that was really, okay. That was funny. It's more than music. Dan's bitching at me off air. I'm drinking a tab. <laughs> My, what a delight. This has been Haiku Corner. Thank you, Imminent. I don't even like Tab. I, I, I we're recording. I, I, I don't. Oh, we even, are. Okay. You, well, I, you know, I don't even. I don't, I'm going remote tonight for right, people right. Yeah, in. yeah. Danny's back in the bunker again because it, there's it, actual snow on the ground right now. There is actual snow coming yeah. down right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that was really unfair on the tab thing because I. Well, I will say that what I listen to is so obscure that what I drink is even more obscure. No question. Tab has not been made for four years. I still sit on three 12 packs down in my, <laughs> my basement. It ages well because Tab is the perfect mix of battery acid and lemon. So there it is right there, man. It the, is the That's... very first ever diet soda, Tab. Yeah. 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 I love the stuff. Yeah. It's going to be sad when those 36 cans I, I, are I gone. remember it was a big deal when they had to take the saccharin out of Tab. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Actually, I think it might still be in there. I'll, I'll oh. have to check one of my cans. Anyway. Uh, so we, we, we go from uh, our newest uh, sponsor to our founding sponsor, uh, mm-hmm. Imminent Brewing. We'd like to always like to take this moment to uh, thank Lauren Derek Myers for making the weekly list possible week after week all of these years. And we still dearly, dearly, dearly appreciate uh, them helping us out on the weekly list and creating such a wonderful place like Northfield's living room, imminent yeah. brewing. Okay. Um, so tonight is the 29th of, of February, which means tomorrow's first of March. Right. Wow. First of March in, in like a lamb out like a lamb in like a lion out. Like what you believe in all that? Yeah. Well, you know, it, I love the old wives tale nature of it. There it is. Okay. Yeah. That's really it. So tomorrow, uh, the food truck at Imminent Brewing is Smoke, which is a barbecue truck. Right? Cool. Uh, and and the on Saturday, Danny, you'd like this because the the food truck is Potter's Pasties. Yep, absolutely. Which appeals to the Anglophile in you. Yep. And uh, these guys called uh, this band called No Time for Fame is uh, is playing. I love No Time for Fame. 
for a lot of reasons. First of all, they're just a really talented band. My my friends Chris Ash and Mike Meehan and a couple other guys, they're really, really good. Um, they play literally like three shows a year because uh-huh. these guys are all, they all have like big time real jobs. They don't have time to be rock stars because they're actually <laughs> like actually doing real. So they have no time for fame. See, but, but that's cool though. Cause you always get those guys that they just love to play. Exactly. And exactly. That would be exciting. That's fun. They're, and they're just, they're so good too. They're, they're a really great band. And then on Sunday it's uh it's brick oven bus is, uh, is, is your food truck at imminent brewing. Yeah. Um, have I, have I, have we talked lately about the fact that they're canning, like you can, you, the, the howlers are gone now. Oh yeah. That's, you, you that's so and, cool. Right. Yeah. I, I'm still, I'm like one of those guys that I don't, now that it's winter, I don't get down to Northfield as right. frequently. So I have to get the big growlers and yes. I, you know, yeah. so that it lasts me for a little bit of time. Uh, you're gonna have to come down. Easy. You're gonna have to come down. So the way the weather's going, man, I'm gonna guess the patio is gonna be open in a week or two. Yeah, it's yeah. And, it and, was cold and, today, though. Oh, it was cold. Cold, wind. folks. You guys are hearing this two days ago, or we're, you're hearing this in two. We're recording this on Tuesday night, the twenty seventh. You're hearing this on the 29th. It was cold. It's probably seventy degrees. It, it's heading for seventy degrees where you are, where we are. It's still cold and snowy, but um, yeah. Anyway. I'm guessing the patio on Eminent is going to be open in the next couple of weeks, which is always like one of my favorite days of the year, right? Okay, so uh, here's what's on tap. Dragon Squirrel Juicy IPA, Gateway Cream Ale, Stefan Tastico Italian Pilsner, Bok, 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 <laughs> Bok, 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 yeah. Raven's Nest Stout, off-leash Vienna Lager, Cannon River Pale Ale, Sherdu Brown Ale, Barrel-Aged Lionel Strong Ale, Fred the Beer Hazy IPA. Speaking of Fred the Bear yeah. and our pal Ray Kudre, coming up. I wanna I wanna put a plug in for Ray's. Uh, Ray is is a um, uh, a math teacher at Northfield High School, right? Mm-hmm. And every other year, Northfield High School puts on a show they call Rock and Roll Revival, which yes. is which is this, um, um, it's like a review, basically, right? And 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 it's it's this year there are a hundred and fifty kids involved in Rock and Roll Revival. Okay, between between the singers and the people in the band and the tech, fo- hundred and fifty kids doing Rock and Roll Revival. They, they, it's, it's this two hour extravaganza of all of these Northfield kids, by the way, I, you know, I always talk about how Northfield has just an insane amount of talent in the music, right? Right. Well, all those incredibly talented people, this is all their kids, right? I know. And Ray and I have been going back and forth this past week because he sent me a note a couple days ago telling me about it. The rock and roll revival is on March 8th, 9th, 10th the 14th, the 15th, and 16th. And all of the shows are at 7.30 p.m., except for the one on March 10th. That's at 3 p.m. Yep, that's so the, get your tickets now. Yeah. Um, he's He's been telling me some of it. i got to figure out the date and get tickets because I am going to be there. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, Ray is 
bursting with pride over this thing, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm going, this is an event that you don't want to miss. I'm going on March 9th, and I'm super excited. Can't wait. Yeah. And, and I, I hope you get to it, Danny, because it's... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not going to miss it. I just need to look at my schedule and be realistic and pick a date, yeah, yeah, and I, that's probably what I'm going to be I, I was really glad we were able to get tickets for the 9th because Annie and I are going to be out of town for the second weekend. So I... I uh, uh, I but I'm super excited about this. I can't wait. I I, I love rock and roll re- revival. I've not missed. I haven't missed. Ray took over ten eleven years ago as the director of this show. I haven't missed one since Ray took over for sure. Anyway, Ray's uh, a great musician, and you know, as good of a musician as he is, and the leader of uh, Fred the Bear, he's just a thoroughly decent good guy and i've so enjoyed the times that when when we had him on the show with springsteen right right we gotta gotta find and he he came out and didn't kneel with us too we gotta find another reason to to, to bring him we might have to find you know what let's let's figure out a reason to do a tom petty show i oh that would be good i've already done one tom petty show in fact ray was the very first one of the very first guests i ever had on the weekly list he came out and played a song uh, a Tom Petty song, but let's do another one and let's okay. get Ray on to do that. Anyway. Um, cool. anyway, Ray's what I always say about Ray is if, uh, North, the Northfield music scene was like the rat pack, right? Mm. Ray, Ray would be Sinatra. Ah, cool. There it is. Okay. So Fred, the beer, hazy IPA, quick in the red IPA, hourglass ESB. Haywood Hellas. This is new. Uh, me a malty, well-rounded light lager with a soft finish. Do you know who Joseph Lee Haywood is? Uh, you've heard that. You you've 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 heard that name, Joseph Lee Haywood, because you used to live in Northfield. Joseph Lee Haywood was the man working at the bank who refused to open to to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, refused yeah. Refused to open the vault, and uh, Frank James murdered him because of it. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Joseph. Uh, so Haywood Hellas. And a seltzer. It was Jackie Gleason's birthday the other day, too, by the way. Oh, was it really? Yes, yes. happy birthday to the great one, Jackie Gleason. Uh, if let's see, when when is when it's it's winter time, so when are they open? Well, let me tell you. Wednesdays. Wednesdays from four to eight PM, Thursdays from four to nine PM, Friday from four to ten PM, Saturday from one to ten PM, and Sunday from one to seven PM. If you have any other questions, if you, if you need any more information, visit imminentbrewing.com. You know, that tangent that we just had about Ray? Yeah. <laughs> that got so out of the thing. It wasn't until you started listing all the beers that I went, oh, yeah, we're not finished with the imminent commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> we did a commercial inside of a we commercial. We did a commercial within Rocky a commercial and an unsolicited one, too. That was just That was just a plug for our pal Ray. Yeah, because he's he's yeah. Okay, yeah. I gotta ask you a question. Have yeah. you ever heard of a movie called If Lucy Fell? I wanna say that I have. I have not seen it though, but I think I've heard of that movie. It's a movie that came out in the early to mid nineties starring a young Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. And uh, some other, I saw the movie in the theaters, right? And it wasn't a great movie. What a surprise. Yeah. Well, right. Well, you go to movies like it's, uh, you know, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love to go to the movies. It's one of my favorite things beyond, beyond seeing live music and doing this show with you, my beautiful human being brother. 
uh, <laughs> going to movies is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so I saw this movie back then. Not a great movie. Uh, kind of cute, kind of stupid, whatever. Um, but the music was amazing. It's like fantastic music in 1995, or I can't remember, 96 maybe. No, it wasn't that, that late. But. So um, I go looking into the music, and they didn't put out a soundtrack album for, the, for, for that uh. because the entire soundtrack was done by a band called Marry Me Jane. And the soundtrack was their debut album. Oh, yes. okay. Yes. So uh, there's this album, Marry Me Jane, that serves as, as uh, by, by it's, it's, it's a self-titled album, Marry Me Jane, um, by, uh, oh, that serves as, the, as the, the soundtrack for this album. Anyway, um, so far out of print that yeah. you have to dig deep down into YouTube just to find this one song. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the for the record, the song is called You Didn't Kiss Me. You didn't kiss I me. I like this song. Of yeah. all of the songs that you sent over that I hadn't heard, um, this was probably my favorite. Yeah. I I, I really I, like this. I was bummed to hear that it's out of print. I probably went twenty five years without hearing this song and then just rediscovered it a couple of years ago. So anyway, See, some of those obscure ones can be really catchy and meaningful. I'm just saying. I've never argued that with you ever, <laughs> ever. Anyway. Okay. So from 1990 something, this is Mary Me Jane and you didn't kiss me on the weekly list. 95.1 KYMN. The one. You didn't kiss me. How can I fall asleep?
From 1976 and the Arrival album, that was ABBA with Dancing Queen. Hey, Danny, have I told you that uh, Mrs. Moxie has pitched us an, uh, an ABBA show? I'm all in. I'm all in on that, too. That'll be I'm super all fun. In. That'll be super fun. I mean, that that song is such a definitive Europop disco dance song. Um, and it, you talk it, about how I hate, the, how I don't like Europop, but I love that song. Oh, how can you not love that song? Um, 19, let's see. I think that that was the only number one that ABBA ever had it in is. the U.S. It is. But the thing about this, I, I was thinking about songs and I, I think about how sometimes I bring out some, I'm kind of surprised to hear that you like Dancing Queen. Um, you know how I told you a, a while ago that I married into a Neil Diamond family? Mm-hmm. I also married into an ABBA family. And, okay, and, well, then that makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I think about sometimes where I'll play a song, and it, it's probably a, a Euro dance, whatever thing, and you just rip all over me, and I know that you have tremendous respect for Jeff Tweedy. You want to talk about Americana. Yeah, I, do. I do. Uncle Tupelo, Wilco, and all that stuff. There's something that Jeff Tweedy wrote that I've I've been hanging on to 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 read on the weekly list, and I've got it today. And okay. this is the here's this is the words of Jeff Tweedy. To this day, whenever I think I dislike a piece of music, I think about Dancing Queen and am humbled. That song taught me that I can't ever completely trust my negative reactions. I was burned so badly by this one song being withheld from my heart for so long. I try to never listen to music now without first examining my own mind and politely asking whatever blind spots I'm affected with to move aside long enough for my gut to be the judge. And even then, if I don't like something, I make a mental note to try it again in 10 years. Melodies as pure and evocative as the one in Dancing Queen don't come along every day, and I mourn every single moment I missed loving this song. Playing it again as I write this, making up for lost spins, I feel overcome with gratitude for its existence. And right there, that's why a person should listen and love music. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He's right. And I, I, I fully admit that I'm a snob, and I, I, I can't get away from it, but but he's 100% right. He's absolutely I, I've been on wrong it. on a hundred different songs. Easy. Yeah. Totally. So, but now, Dancing Queen though, I never disliked Dancing Queen. I just, I, 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 I married into an ABBA family. I didn't listen to a lot of ABBA back in the day because my parents, the only music in my parents' house was Glenn Campbell and Barry Manilow. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, like the Annie soundtrack. But that was it. But you know, but like you were saying, I think that what Tweety's getting at there is sometimes there's a lot more to music than just the surface because I've thought that Joe Henry song, Safe With Me, I'm like, yeah, it didn't too much. But when you told, like I said, when you told your story and how your relationship with it, it changed it for me. So I know that I'm going to go back to that song and listen to it and I'm going to see it through different eyes, just like Tweety did with Dancing Queen. With, with that Joe Henry song, by the way. I believe you'd have gotten there if you'd actually like listened to the lyrics too. But, but I probably yeah. would, but you know, I sometimes music requires a lot of things, and it required my best friend's story to kind of okay, 
Now I want to reapproach it with a different thing. And that's that's all that I really ever want anybody with music to do. So let's talk about ABBA. Um, okay. Anafrid uh, and Agneta, right? I mean, is that the, yeah. The combination, the blend that those two women have, the, their voices blending together, has never. We'd never heard anything like that before, and no. we will never hear anything like that again. It is such a unique and utterly beautiful, absolutely amazing sound those two voices made together. I, You have to love ABBA just for that. Well, and then at the same I'm not even going to attempt their last name because you'll rip yeah, me apart, I, yeah, but I, Benny I and Bjorn, yeah. the, the songwriters and the other members of the band, um, fantastic composers. I've just been rewatching uh, Chess in Concert, and that just stuns me. They did the music along with Tim Rice with the libretto. Right. Um, but, wow, what a perfect group of four individuals. And it's it's a shame that it fell apart um, in, in 1980, but they also, a couple of years ago, came out with a record that was pretty good. Yeah. And I... I would think it was one of the songs I had in my best of the year shows. Awesome. Um, I really like them. Yeah. I love them. So I'm yeah. excited to do yeah. this show. Yeah. Uh, you and I are, 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 is that, are, are you done with, uh, with dancing? Yeah. Queen? Okay. Okay. I am. You and I saw the musical chess when we were in London together in, in uh, January of 1989. And I think for both of us, it was sort of a highlight of the month. Oh Yeah. Yeah. One of the last performances of that. Yeah, show. it was actually. Um, and then I, they, they brought an American version <laughs> to to the U.S. and it was horrible. It was terrible. It was just awful. Um, anyway, um, another highlight of that trip to, uh, to, to London for me was, and I've told this story because there's another Paul McCartney song that I've played uh, on this, uh, on this show called once upon a long ago. Um, but, we were at a record store in Cambridge. I think, I think it was. I think it was yeah. Cambridge, and we are we we'd each pulled a couple of CDs. And we're standing in the checkout line, and I'm looking at a rack like a, a rack of oh, like, yeah. yeah like whatever of like suggested se- uh, selling right right, and I see behind the rack there's a CD that had like fallen down, and yeah. and and I pull it out. And it's this Paul McCartney single with four songs on it that I'd never heard before. Yeah. One of them was back on my, or one of them was, uh, was once upon a long ago. One of them was back on my feet. And the other two were, um, don't get around much anymore. And, uh, Kansas city, which he had recorded for the one album that he had put out in right. the Soviet union, Soviet union back in the USSR. Album, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So I have played on this show a couple of times once upon a long ago, which is a beautiful song. And I love it. Never played back on my feet on this, on this show. Okay. Was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I remember that story was like you were taller than me, or somehow you got it, and I'm like, dude, you and I didn't didn't we scrapple over that a little bit in the record store? I don't remember. Was it that one, I, or I, was it something else? Well, no, I, a couple of times in our friendship, we have both sort of come across something, and I have just grabbed it and bought it, and that was it. Like, and yeah. that was one of those moments, right? I think it was because I was like, well, sh- yeah, words. 
I, you know, you wound up with all that music, right? So I like. I oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is a song called "Back on My Feet." Um, is this one of the Costello songs? This that he is did? one of the Elvis. co-written Elvis Costello songs. Uh, McCartney and Costello in about 1986 got together and wrote a, a batch of songs. "Back on My Feet" is one of them. The song "Veronica." Uh, by Elvis Costello came out of that. Uh, uh, although both "Back on My Feet" and "Veronica," they both say that they came to the to, to the they came with the most of that, and then uh, the other guy sort of added a little bit and really enhanced it. What you'll hear in "Back on My Feet" is towards the end. There's a counter melody uh, that that they and Elvis Costello wrote all of that. Is is what it is. This song, I, I'm so glad that you picked this. Me I too. am so glad. Um, when they reissued Flowers in the Dirt, um, they put this on mm-hmm. as a bonus track, and that's how I got my copy of it. Yeah. Um, do, you know who, do you know who produced it? This is where you hear McCartney really, it's like his rock voice comes back. He yeah. had done some stuff that was a little softer, like press to play. Mm. And this one, it sounded like the rocker McCartney that right. I have always loved. Right. right. And it's this. Ha- have you great. ever listened to his flaming pie album? Yeah, I I've got it. I bought it. Day it came. It's good. You want to talk about rocker McCartney though? Like that's, Oh that's, yeah. That's there's some, and you know, I hadn't, yeah, li- yeah, I hadn't that, listened okay, to it. I'm getting the albums mixed around. Yeah. Flaming pie. I hadn't listened to it in like 20 years and I pulled it out not that long ago it's a really good album and steve yeah. miller's uh steve miller's all over that album too yeah he is anyway um i gotta listen to that again this week thanks dude. so back on my feet by the way produced by phil ramone Real? oh who, yeah, who, yeah. To, to danny and i phil ramone is a big deal because phil ramone was the uh the producer for for a, a good chunk of billy joel's career so he's anyway. also done some paul simon and he also produced the greatest album of all time, Blood on the Tracks. Phil Ramone yes, got, we should probably do a Phil Ramone show someday. You know, every time we do a show, we come up with like five more shows. Which is why the show is never going to die. Right. <laughs> probably not. Anyway, from 1987, this is Paul McCartney with Back on My Feet on the weekly list, 95.1. KYMN. Takes a brown paper bag from his knapsack between 
1978 and an album called 52nd Street that was a man named William Martin Joel with a song called My Life. Danny, that was one of yours. And that's the yeah. one song I could have predicted you were going to you were going to pick. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I I can't even be critical about that song anymore. Uh, um that is my favorite song of all time. Ever since I first heard that as a little kid, it has kind of operated as my theme song and i've i've always felt that it's been a friend and companion my entire life it feels like 52nd street is my all-time favorite record it is a perfect record and i remember when you and i met billy joel you were i was right there when his car drove up and you were around the back of kqrs looking for her to see if he snuck in right right and so I did what I'm going to do as soon as he's there. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I wave to you. But I had a moment to sit there and jam all of this. I exploded all over him. And I'm like, this is my favorite album of all time. There's no album that's ever better. I can't, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember Billy Joel going and saying, no, it's not that great. There's mistakes all over it. He goes, the left hand on this one is just all he goes. You really, your favorite album should be The Doors' first album, Electric Ladyland. That's a great <laughs> record. That should be your favorite one. Not this one. This, this has got mistakes all over it. And I remember, no, I absolutely love this. And when Billy Joel himself can't convince me that I'm wrong. Right. <laughs> I mean, when the artists themselves can't convince you of the flaws, it must really go to someplace deep. I, uh, and that's what I, this song does for me. I Every time I've ever seen him play, he's always played my life. Yep. And I need that. That's the one hit that I give him tons of grace to play every single time. It's always in the first five or six songs, too. Generally, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last time I saw him, he opened with it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first Billy Joel show I'd missed in 20, no, 35, many, many decades. Yeah, it had been a long time. Yeah, anyway. And. You know, the the thing for me, recently he put out a new song called um, Turn, the Lights, uh, Turn the Lights Back On that has continued to grow on me. But about two weeks ago, they put out the video for the first time. And Rich, I will tell you, that video seriously messed me up. And I'm I'm still kind of in recovery from that video because it starts out of him at the age that he is now. And then you see a cigarette on the piano and it's 
him and it's an AI creation for sure, but it's him singing the song, but it looks like him from 52nd Street. And I got just hit with these waves of this is a somebody that's traveled with me my whole life. And that video took me through all of watching him age while singing the same songs. And it it took that video took me to a different level. And I'm still not quite sure how to respond to that video. Yeah, it's um, it, there is something about that, like just being reminded that uh, I mean, his, his 75th birthday is coming up here in a couple of months. I mean, yeah, he's he's um, anyway, he's my guy, too. Uh, I love that song. And, and I, you know, we've talked about that song a couple of times on this show. I just, I thank you, Mr. Joel, for, for, for my life. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a song that, I mean, we did the funeral show a while ago, but that song that's, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, if there's one song that people remember me by, I hope that they remember that I love that song I will and it's, <laughs> it's got all the Broadway stuff to it as well. You know, it's that brassy show tune thing. While I'm on the other side waiting for you to join me because I'm going to die before you do, uh, every time I hear my life, I will think of you, I promise. Good. Okay. Well, and then we're going to go to a bunch of Billy Joel concerts once we get Passover, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, folks, that's going to just about do it for this here edition of The Weekly List. If you like the show, there's a lot of different ways you can hear us. We are on KYMN Radio, AM 1080, FM 95.1, every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, unless there is a sporting event, in which case we will be on after that sporting event. Uh, you can stream us from our uh, page on the KYMN website. Uh, just uh, look up The Weekly List uh, on our pro under the Programs page. Uh, I have all of the old uh, shows archived on that page. Um, we have a we have a fine uh, 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 social media presence. I Facebook the Weekly List. I post every new show every Friday morning on that page. Danny has his Instagram uh, the underscore Weekly underscore List, and he does weird stuff on on the that you haven't done much lately. Yeah, you posted no, some, no, but you posted but I did some live stream. Uh, Air supply. Yeah, I live streamed from that. And I you got to be careful out. with that stuff. You're going to get in trouble for doing, for live streaming that really? stuff, man. Yeah, you are totally going to get in trouble for that. Can you, can you get in it for live streaming concerts? Yes, 100% wow. you can. Absolutely. You can shoot some huh. video and post it maybe, but you sh they do not want you live streaming. Well, it was fun anyhow. And I, I didn't do like a whole lot. You're a rebel. A it's a whatever. Yeah, well, you're, I, you're a rebel. I got to tell you, that was fun. Yeah. I had a great time. I'll, okay. you know, I haven't taken like streams of my like hot dogs or baked beans that I'm eating or anything. I haven't done any meal Instagrams yet Thank or God. recently. Thank God. All right. <laughs> so one of the things that I've always regretted, like one of the, one of the, the things that, that we haven't done enough of um, on this show, in my opinion we haven't played enough U2 hardly ever no. on the show. I love that band. I love U2. I want to get our friend Julie Denning down. I want to do, yeah. I want to do, a, you'll understand folks when you meet Julie. I, I want to do a U2 show with her. Um, I will never forget the first time I heard, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It was, it was obviously, it was the, the day I bought the, uh, the album. Joshua, Joshua Tree. Tree. Um, spring of my senior year of high school. But this is your song. You know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
And you and I are, we're the generation, we bought this album the day it came out. Yes, I we mean, did. Yes, we did. Absolutely. And uh, just haven't found what I'm looking for. I think that was the second single, because the was, first one was with without, without You. you. Yeah. Um, and I started thinking about U2, and same as you, we have not played as much U2 as we really should have on this show. We haven't done a U2 show. We haven't done any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so I went, well, I got to pick something from U2. And my first thought was New Year's Day. And I started really thinking about that going, well, New Year's Day is going to be maybe where you and I might have first heard them. But if I were to say what would be the most obvious hit, the most obvious song that people know by U2, I keep coming back to still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's not one? I don't know that it is. Interesting. Because Joshua Tree is the album that even the non-fans of U2 have. Oh, I'm not sure that Octung Baby is. Octung Baby is right there with Joshua Tree, though. And I, I mean, so? I mean, we're we're splitting hairs. This is this. I, yeah, I, we are. You know. Yeah. Anyway. But just haven't found what I'm looking for. I I think that that was the song as as big a hit as With or Without You was. I think that it was really still haven't found that broke this band yeah. into just not being a, a good uh, rock band, but one that now is beyond just simple A-level uh, rock band. And when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I forget who was it inducted, but they said, you two is the last band that I know every single member's name. Wasn't it? What's his name from The Killers? I no, it was it was some it was an older guard. Okay, all right. But all right. and I I forget who it was, but they they were based. I I want to say it might have been Springsteen. Interesting. Well, it does matter. and and that's a big thing when you go and say how many bands do you know every single member's name? Yeah, there's not many. Um, and you two may be one of the last bands that everybody knows all the members' names and what they do in that band. I um, it was Bruce, it was Bruce. You're right, Bruce. Bruce inducted him into the yeah. Hall of Fame. Um, what I love about this song, well, there's a million things I love about this song. Uh, this is one of those songs that I heard and loved the first time I heard it, then got tired of it because it yep. was on the radio all the time, and then maybe five, ten years later, just fell in love with it again, just all over again, and have not stopped loving it since. I love the video for this album, yeah. for this song, uh, where they're just walking around downtown Las Vegas, uh, and it's 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 just it. it, it this is the, the that video made downtown Vegas, which is like the old old school Vegas. It's not the Strip. Yeah, the Samstown version. It made That's it sexy. made downtown Vegas cool again. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh man! So what? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know that you can say too much more about this song. And again, my standard for picking songs were could I have have I heard it in my Target or grocery store recently? And yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this is fun. Next next week we resume our uh, our, our normal yeah. roles. Our normal stuff. <laughs> well, it's been fun being you for a little bit of a time. Yeah, I, I love. It'll be I four loved, years before I do this again. I love to be able to dig this deep into my uh, <laughs> into my collection. This is really fun. Anyway, all right. Uh, you got anything else? 
Now, all I'm going to say is you had really fun with this. So if you had fun with it, understand how I, when I go for the obscure stuff, how much fun that is for me. See, there's something good about that. See, when I do it, it's it's super fun. When you do it, it's self-indulgent. That's, that's the, that's the, oh, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's how we're going to end this night of peace. <laughs> all right, Detente folks. is over. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys again next week. Peace. <laughs>